Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Matthew. You may be seated. We begin with the word of prayer. Mighty Father, we give you thanks that you have yet again brought us to the end of another church year. And in this year, O oh Lord, you have granted us your promises and your gifts through your Son, Jesus Christ. And today, Lord, as you continue to prepare us for his return, we pray that you would grant us your Holy Spirit, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we have arrived at the last Sunday on the church calendar, as we mentioned at the beginning of the service today. Advent will begin next Sunday, so please be sure you are ready for all of that. Now, the last two Sundays, what we have heard is Jesus preparing us on these last Sundays in the church year for his return. And he's done this by telling us a number of parables. We heard the parable of the, the ten virgins who are to be prepared for the return of the bridegroom. And last week, we heard the judgment that took place on those who had the talents given to them by their master, the faithful servants and the wicked servants. But today, we will get to the end of this sermon from Jesus. And here, we will not so much get a parable as we will get an analogy, a very famous analogy that speaks to the day of judgment. And it talks to us, Jesus talks to us about how he will conduct the judgment on that day. He tells us he will return and he will be as a shepherd who separates sheep from goats. Now, we've been trying to think about these uh, parables and these uh, stories from the end in a little bit more of a creative way. So if you were here two weeks ago, uh, we had a journal entry, a diary entry uh, from one of the foolish virgins. And then last week we heard uh, sort of interviews with those servants who were judged by the master. Today we're not going to hear from any specific character in our account, but rather what we have before us today is a newspaper article from the day after Judgment Day. It's a newspaper article from the newspaper, the New Earth Herald. And so what you want to do right now is picture yourself at the breakfast table. I don't know, kids, if you know what this is. It's a newspaper, if you've ever seen one of these things. Uh, you open it up, it's very large, and you read lots of tiny words. Picture yourself at the table at breakfast. You've got your cup of coffee right there. You've got your newspaper open, and you're now reading the account of what took place on Judgment Day as written for you by the New Earth Herald. And here's how the newspaper article reads. It begins, This day was inevitable. It had gone by many, uh, many names. The last day, the day of the Lord, Judgment Day. Whatever you may call it, it is the day on which the Son of Man, the Lord of heaven and earth, returned in glory to judge both the living and the dead. It was a day of glorious events, both awful and joyful. Those who were alive upon his return and believed in his name were caught up to meet him in the air as they welcomed him to his throne. The rest who were alive saw him in fear. The dead came out of their graves when they heard the trumpet blast and the Son of Man was seated upon the throne of judgment. And there he took on the air of a shepherd as he began to separate the people for judgment, as a shepherd separates sheep and goats. Though this day seemed to be filled with surprises, it really should not have been all that surprising, for both the sheep and the goats had heard the king speak before he had gone away. He told them 
where he would be found before he returned with his beloved church, hidden in bread and wine and word, and among the people whom he called his temple. He promised his return, and he gave great responsibilities to all who heard to follow him. And he would come again and bring them into the place, as he said, that was prepared for them before they had ever been born, before they had ever done a single thing, a place prepared for them all by his grace alone. Now there were many sad things that happened on this day of judgment. And this happened for the goats. For the goats seemed wholly caught off guard by his return. These were those who had left the presence of the good shepherd. And they had done so, as far as we could tell, in three phases. The first set of goats left almost immediately. They gave no heed to the warnings or the promises of the good shepherd. They went after other shepherds, seeking guidance for how to live in this world. Some embraced teachers that indulged their desires, allowing them to create their own identities that would define them apart from the shepherd's will. They gave into their lusts and their hunger to satisfy their bellies. They participated in acts of fraud and deception against their neighbors. And though the good shepherd never stopped seeking them and never stopped calling after them, every time they heard his voice, they would run in the other direction. The second group of goats stayed near the good shepherd for a while longer, but soon turned away. Though they liked it when the good shepherd said things that made them feel good, they disliked hearing his teachings about repentance and the dying to the self. They wanted to exalt themselves. They desired luxury, honor, comfort, fame, power. Soon their aspirations mattered more to them than their love for the shepherd and his other sheep. And they realized the good shepherd was actually standing in the way of their self-promoting hopes and dreams. Soon when they saw the good shepherd and his sheep welcoming strangers and foreigners into the fold, they had had enough. They preferred to curse and slander those on the other side of the aisle, to curse and slander those who were different from them, not to pray for them, and certainly not to welcome them. And so they wandered away. In the worst of these scenarios, some of the goats tried to pass themselves off as teachers of the sheep, giving the impression that they taught the word of the shepherd, but instead just couching their own agenda with good shepherd-sounding language. And though the good shepherd never stopped seeking them and calling after them, after a while they grew numb to his voice. A third group of goats stayed even longer, but soon grew tired of the hardship association with the good shepherd brought them. Increasingly, they be, uh, increasingly being associated with the good shepherd meant they would lose their friends. Soon their families began to push them away. Their jobs were put in jeopardy as they were called upon to compromise their beliefs in the workplace. As a result of all of this, they began to doubt and reject the goodness of the shepherd when friendship with him meant enmity with the world. This led them to look for other forms of faith, other avenues towards other shepherds. They replaced their time with the shepherd with other causes, some of, it, some of which were actually good for society. At first, they tried to tie these into the shepherd's will, but when the shepherd demanded more of their attention than their new cause, it was enough, and they left. Though the good shepherd never stopped seeking them and calling after them, after a while they ceased to care about his voice altogether. The goats found that when the shepherd returned, they had done all they could to reject his presence, and they rejected his sheep. 
such that when he began to rebuke them for not heeding his voice, for not caring for him when he searched for them, and when he made himself present to them in the hungry and needy, foreign, naked, imprisoned saints, they seemed to have no idea that he had been there for them. They would not have him. They would not have him there, so they would not have his gracious presence for eternity. And it was for these sins, for their unbelief, for their rejection of the shepherd, that they were sent into eternal punishment. Punishment, incidentally, that had not been prepared for them in advance. At this point, your newspaper stops and you you turn the page. You see, and now there's another page to look at here because there's more to the story. And you take a sip of coffee and then you read this. But there was also joy on that day. What of the sheep? Unlike the goats, the sheep had always had the good shepherd close at hand. Or perhaps it is more accurate to say the good shepherd never left them and never forsook them. There were times where they were fully aware of his presence, and there were other times where his presence came as quite a surprise, for he seemed to be so absent. The sheep were found to be in the place the shepherd promised to watch over them and be with them. They stayed near a steady speaking of his word and a steady diet of his meal and bread and wine. The sheep heard their shepherd's voice. They ate his body. They drank his blood given and shed for them for the forgiveness of their sins. For the sheep, they knew the forgiveness of sins was key. For it must be observed that the sheep were not really morally superior to the goats and faced many of the same temptations and struggles the goats faced as well. The sheep also had their lives, their relationships, their jobs threatened. The constant presence of the shepherd and his word and his meal among his other sheep kept them grounded and protected in a world filled with wayward goats and ravenous wolves. But make no mistake, the sheep were not complacent. They were quite active, confident in their shepherd's presence and promises. They grew bold in caring for one another. Association with the shepherd did bring temptation from the devil, attacks from the world, threats to livelihood, relationships, and jobs, even struggles within their own flesh. So the sheep recognized they needed each other to make it through. When faith in the shepherd brought hunger and thirst, lack and attack from the world, the sheep would rally together for the sake of the hungry, the thirsty, the needy, and the suffering. When they were in prison, the sheep were there to help. There was no distinction among the sheep as the sheep from all over the world would come and their common shepherd destroyed any sort of distinctions within the flock. They all cared for one another. We must say that In writing this article, we were delighted to see the shock and surprise and joy among the sheep when they realized that in serving the other sheep, excuse me, they were serving the good shepherd. After all, he promised always to be present with his sheep. And what is more shocking, perhaps even to us, is that this good shepherd, this mighty king, this judge on the throne, called the least of these his brothers. And he identified with the weak and the lowly and the suffering sinners in this world. What is more, he presented himself as a sheep, or perhaps better said, as a lamb, who looked like the other sheep, lived among the sheep, and then gave his life as a sacrifice on a cross for the sake of the sheep. For that lamb was the good shepherd, the cross was his altar, and he laid down his life for his sheep so they would enter into his kingdom prepared for them from before the foundation of the world. The kingdom prepared for them 
through the shed blood of the Lamb. The kingdom prepared for them all by His gracious work alone. Now this day has been long in coming, though now it only seems like such a short time. It was the end of the world, the old world, and the beginning of the new, everything being made new. That day went by many names, the last day, the day of the Lord, and judgment day. And it is a day from which there is no going back. And for some, this was terrible news. But for others, it was all they had waited for. For they had heard the promise of the Lamb, and with that word He had saved them. With these words, I forgive you, I love you, I go to prepare a place for you. Faith was created in the hearts of the sheep. They clung to those words their whole lives as those words clung to them. And on this day of judgment, such words of promise found their fulfillment in these words. Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And with that, the sheep saw him face to face and rejoiced. And the rejoicing has only just begun. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you that through your Son, Jesus Christ, you have called us the people of your pasture, the sheep of your hand. Bear us in that hand through this world all the way into everlasting life. Keep us ever faithful to you and help us to be found loving those who are in need who Jesus is present with. In his name we pray. Amen.